Hey, everybody. Welcome into the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy. Let me just say, I am tickled for today's guest. It is always fun when Rick Wilson comes back into the back room. The inimitable Rick Wilson is a renowned political strategist, infamous ad maker, writer, speaker, political commentator, co-founder of the Political Action Committee, The Lincoln Project, co-founder of Resolute Square, and a two-time New York Times best-selling author. Rick, welcome into the back room. Hey, Andy, great to be back with you. I got to say that whenever I know you're coming on, I, there's a little extra bounce in my step as I enter the studio. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. So thanks for being here. I want to start. Absolutely. I want to start off with a tweet of yours that I saw this morning, which mm-hmm. um, I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say I'm going to keep saying it because it seems like people out there who constantly try to fuck with you don't seem to understand that that's not a, an achievable goal. Like uh, so, somebody. No, I I am I am the uh, I'm the I, I am the one who fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you know so, somebody tweeted to you about uh, being creepy. Right. And, and you responded, and yet your woman keeps sending me nudes in my DMs. Beautiful. You know, here's the thing, Andy. I, 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 in my life, the serious conflicts in my life are in this moment of like the, the, the global anti-democracy movement. I'm fighting every day in, in, a, in a really meaningful and, and hard way sometimes, the, the days that are not easy and not short against, you know, the return of Trumpism and this global authoritarian movement. But I'm also human and I'm also, um, you know, a guy who now has to live in this weird trap we have of of Twitter, mm-hmm. which while it is still a major part of our national political dialogue and our communications, uh, the way Elon has juiced the algorithm now also incentivizes a lot of people who who believe that they are um that they're going to be able to come out and somehow drive me off the platform or humiliate me or embarrass me or insult me in some way. I've been insulted by trained professionals. I've had my ass kicked by, by, by worse people than any of these people could ever imagine being. Um, and it, and what I occasionally do is, is smack one around just for the pure sport of it. As my, as my fiance says, stop playing with your food. Um, but it's, uh, well, it's so it's, easy. Uh, it's just so easy for you, and I don't know even why these people I, attempt it. Like yesterday, a guy moronic. says, "says your he spelled your with the correct uh, apostrophe and everything, a m o r e space o n, a moron." <laughs> I was just stunned. I was just like stunned. And then another another guy came in, and 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 repeated it. Only this time missing the apostrophe. I mean, the, 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 um, the, they're not sending their best, Andy. No, they're just not. No, they're not they're, sending their best. They're sending their criminals, their rapists, uh, <laughs> they're barely literate MAGA trolls. So, speaking of MAGA trolls, great segue. Yesterday, you tweeted, quote, MAGA seems to be having a rough week. That to me is probably the understatement of the year. So why don't sure. you, we, we, I guess the big news this week, well, there's two big things that happened this week. One was McCarthy, but the other one, which I want to ask you about first, was, is Trump. His trial began in New York. The civil right. fraud trial. What is? What are your big takeaways so far? Yeah, look, here's the thing about this trial. This is the trial Trump cares about because Trump's self-image, his brand, has been wrapped around one big thing 
his entire career, Trump Tower. He's he that is that is the touchstone of his image as the great builder, the billionaire. You know, and I will never forget this. I will never in my ever, ever life forget this moment. Late 2015, I'm in a focus group, uh, Orlando, Florida, likely Republican voters, I'm behind the glass. And this one woman says, Mr. Trump can't be bought. He's the richest man in the world. He owns almost all of Manhattan. Trump Tower is the tallest building there. And it's the most valuable building. And Trump is a billionaire, the great negotiator, the great businessman. He he's he has so much money, he's gonna save it. He's gonna give us all money. And it was just this moment of like, what in the are you talking about, lady? Are you crazy? So I I sent a message to the focus group moderator and I said, see if you can like give her some alternative, you know, information, see if it'll happen. So he says, Well, I I I was I, I you know, wanted you to know that, you know, we did a little quick check and Donald Trump is the um, the 38th largest developer in New York City. Um, he's worth, you know, something like, you know, whatever at the time it was, like $2 billion. And, and that makes him somewhere like number 94 on the billionaires list. And, and you know, he's declared bankruptcy five times and this, that. And she literally just looked across the table and she said, you're lying, you're lying. He says, ma'am, this is, we, we, I looked, we got this from Wikipedia. Oh, it's a lie. It's a lie. Soros runs Wikipedia. And this elaborate thing, this, this cross back and forth between Trump's followers and Trump. I'm so rich. I'm very, very rich. I am so very, very rich. I own so many beautiful buildings everywhere. And his followers who think that Trump's wealth that they imagine he has makes him different and immune and an outsider in politics. Um, and you just look at it, you're like, you can't help these people. You, you, can't, you can't fix these people. So the trial hurts Trump's ego and emotions and feeling of security very, very deeply. And yesterday we saw the information come out that the judge is going to require that they reveal all of the ownership in the LLCs. Over 500 of these LLCs that Trump is involved in. Um, and it's going to prove even further that Trump is essentially a branding enterprise, mm -hmm. okay? He's been selling his name so that rubes would come to his golf courses. Sorry, you're probably hearing my my starlings out there screaming in the in the meadow. Um, but you, you're going to hear th this this idea that Trump was this this brilliant, gigantic financial juggernaut, and he's in the, these all these LLCs, and they are with people who said, "Okay, I want to buy the Trump brand so I can sell." multi-level marketing vitamins. I want to buy the Trump brand so I can put it on a, you know, on on Omaha steaks with a different label on it or whatever it was. All of these things, everything about Trump is a lie. Everything is a lie. He is a complete fraud, a fabrication. We put out an ad this week called Broke. It's one of our ads where we just talked to Trump. Mm -hmm. And 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 this is an this is a piece that that over and over again you know, emphasizes, Donald, we know you're lying. You've always known you're lying. Now everybody's finding out. I want to ratchet his tension, his nervousness, his anxiety, um, and his pain that he's feeling. Mm -hmm. And and it is really important to remember, there's nothing about this guy, nothing, Andy, nothing, 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 that it, it is more than a, a millimeter deep. Mm -hmm. It's a fake. It's a scam. It's a, it's a, the longest long con in American financial and political history.
And to your point, though, about the fo- like your focus group point, just playing this out, you know, mm-hmm. so the, the judge, so they're going to put forward all the LLC entities. We're going to find out all the facts, all the truth. We're going to see what his ownership really is. We're going to see right. how much money he really has, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, are we, aren't we back in that same focus group where people go, sure, you're lying. Sure. Listen, you're lying. listen. The, the, the hardest core magus, and my son is a pollster and he just finished a huge 16,000 sample survey of, of, you know, Republican voters. And he discovered two big things. And this is why the, the Republican Party is locked in a suicide pact with Trump. <laughs> if Trump goes away, if Trump died tomorrow or disappeared or got put in jail or whatever other unlikely scenario, 25 to 30% of the Republican base would not vote for any Republicans after that. They're only there for him. Right. He transformed the party into a cult. They're only there for Trump. And so if those people go away, that's the ball game right there. That's it. That's a wipeout. That is, that's going to make, you know, 1994 or 2010 um, or Carter getting blown out or McCarthy getting blown out look like a warm-up act it will be it it, it could cost the republicans a hundred seats mm-hmm. um if that if that happened and it could cost them 10 governorships and it would cost them the senate most certainly if that happened if trump was not their guy the party falls apart now the downside is if trump is their guy um there's a larger and larger number of americans uh including a lot of conservative leading independents and moderate republicans yes they're still out there not a lot but they're still out there um who, you know, that my organization, Lincoln Project, that, that you know, Reed and Stewart and, I, and, jo- and Joe and I are very good at talking to, and our team is very good at talking to those moderate Republicans. We won 17 out of 22 races in the 2022 election cycle. Um, we, we helped defeat Trump. Uh, and if you want to know who thinks we helped defeat Trump, Donald Trump thinks we, we beat him. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump thinks the Lincoln Project beat him because we were able to get into his people, people he should, quote unquote, own politically, and steal them. Hmm. And that that number, Andy, has expanded. Now, let me tell you why. In 2020, the number, in, depending on what state you were in, was between 3 and 8% of the voting age population were in our model, we call it. What's called the Bannon line model. The longer story why we call it that. But 3 to 8% of voters were gettable. They were Republicans or independent conservatives who were not so anti-Biden and not so pro-Trump that you could either persuade them to not vote for Trump, mm-hmm. to stay home, or to vote for Joe Biden. Um, in the end, our greatest our greatest move, we ended up getting more of them to flip and vote for Biden than we thought we would. At the end of the day, 4.6% of that cohort, uh, on average, on aggregate, on average, um, voted for Biden. We were thrilled. It, it ensured that we won 2020. Now, two big things happened since then that have expanded the ban that that have caused the expansion of the ban in line voters, grown the cohort. Now, depending on the state you're in, it's between seven and eleven percent of voters, and that number is hugely consequential. Why did it happen? January sixth, Trump exhaustion mm-hmm. and Dobbs. And when I when I tell Democrats, I like I always know you got Democrats always want to run on issues. You don't have to. 
this 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 election is about uh, democracy and individual freedom. In Kansas, Ohio, Kentucky, uh, we've seen. You don't even have to say the word choice or abortion. People get it. They know the Republicans are going to make their lives less free, that their choices to do anything in this world are going to be more and more restricted. And it is the nuclear bomb that has gone off inside the Republican Party. And by the way, the Republicans know it. They're panicked about it. Um, that nuclear bomb that went off inside the party has has now reached the point where where no matter how bad they know the politics of it are, they're betting everything on it. They're going to go in all in for 15-week and six-week abortion bans. Mm -hmm. They're going to go all in on, on more and more restrictions on women. They're going to go all in on the culture war, social war. We have to check your period, Missy, that sort of thing. And, and it is it has expanded the ban in line, with, especially with female voters, tremendously. And by the way, the dirty little secret of the Republican Party that no one wants to talk about, between 22 and approximately 28% of Republican women, depending on the state, um, are pro-choice. And that ranges from either, leave me alone, I'm a libertarian, F you, stay out of my business, to actually pro-choice, you know, uh, that, that women that look in every other political respect like Republicans, but that's the one thing they that, that breaks them off the GOP. Right. And about 15 to 18% of Republican men. Um, but but with women, that number is an unbelievably powerful driver. And the Republicans, the dog caught the car, as everyone says, and the Republicans do not understand how to get out of this problem. And and no one's going to help them. They're but, not going to have anybody save them. But not only do they not know how to get out of it, they seem to be doing everything to make it worse. I mean, to sort of jump into the, the, the House craziness, sure. you know, Trump endorsed Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, Which means, by the way, that Donald Trump is functionally the Speaker of the House, functionally. <laughs> if not literally, then figuratively. Right. But that just makes it, a, I mean, how does that negate what you just said? How does that make it better for them? How does that increase their chances of winning next year? <laughs> it doesn't, right? It's it insanity. Look, here, here's the reality check about Kevin McCarthy. And I've known Kevin for, God, 25 years, right? Take away all of other Kevin, all of Kevin McCarthy's personal, moral, mental, and political deficits for a moment, and they're not insignificant. Kevin McCarthy was great in the room with fundraisers. You put that guy in a boardroom at a, at a hedge fund. You put that guy on somebody's yacht or on a golf course or in a fancy restaurant with a bunch of millionaires and billionaires. He is going to walk out with his pockets bulging with cash. Why? Why is that? Because fi I'm finding this fascinating. He is a very friendly, avuncular backslap. And hey, bro, what's up, man? Good to see you, dude. He is a buddy. He's a dude. And people in that world felt comfortable with Kevin. Wears good suits, isn't scary, tells them behind closed doors. And and look, Kevin, Kevin had a real ugly moment last year because he found out uh, at one of their fundraisers that a very good friend of ours was there. And he went in, that, in, went in that room of these wealthy donors and said, listen, I need you to help me get a lot of non-MAGA Republicans elected, but we can't say that in public. Mm -hmm. When he found out we knew, he panicked. Like, I'm trying to help everyone here. Uh, it was crazy town, right? He knew how to work these people in the room. He knew how to go and say to a donor, 
hey, listen, I know what you're concerned about, and I'm going to help you. He knew how to play hardball with Washington lobbyists. I, I just spoke to a lobbyist this morning, a person I've known for a long time, worked together for a long time, who said, you know, they, they, I, I was a Kevin guy. I've always given money because I was afraid if I didn't, he would destroy me. And another thing about Kevin, he would go after people that didn't give. And he's like, now it's going to be Hakeem Jeffries and an F. I'm like, yeah, you kind of are. Yeah. But Kevin was very good in the room. Again, avuncular, backslapping, friendly, remembers people's birthdays, asks about their kids, is just a really good fundraiser. And he's not scary to Wall Street and private equity and real estate guys who are like providing a lot of the big dollar donors. He's not scary to those people. They do not feel nervous about Kevin. Mm -hmm. Now, put that on Jim Jordan now. <laughs> Jim Jordan, dogs howl when Jim Jordan walks by. <laughs> parents parents run and put their kids under the blankets and tell them, don't look at the evil creature. You know, plants wither when he comes in the room. Nothing about Jim Jordan is in any way charismatic, approachable, likable, relatable, friendly. Um, there's nothing about Jim Jordan that people like there's nothing about jim jordan where where you know a billionaire donor is thinking you know i'm going to sit on my yacht and i'm going to invite jim jordan over and he's going to understand the wine i'm serving him and we're going to have a conversation about golf or sports or anything else no when you have jim jordan in the room it's all going to be the crazy and now the republicans know that the donors the big donors especially the money people who are much more moderate than, than, than Jim Jordan, much, much, much more moderate. Those people are going to have to sit in the room with the lunatic. They're going to have to know. So when, the, when the Republicans go to Toyota, like, I'm just picking one example out of a hat. Okay. They go to Toyota and say, Hey, we need our half million dollars this year. It's not the, 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 the pack board of Toyota saying, Hey, it's our buddy Kev. Now they have to say, Oh fuck, our clients are going to know. We're demand. We're we're giving five hundred thousand dollars to the guy who won't wear a suit jacket and who talks about impeachment and 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 wants the dick pics off of Hunter Biden's laptop, <laughs> and and that's really where it's at. They they cannot they cannot succeed at the level of fundraising prowess that Kevin did because he was a natural. He was very good at it. Again, set aside all of Kevin's other deficits. Mm -hmm. That's a skill in politics that if you have it. It is an enormously important value added to your operation. Enormously important. Well, everything in politics, as you know, is, is about money. So you're hitting on something that may not be his most obvious strength to people in the world, but it sounds like it might be his greatest strength. So what do you think happens with Jim Jordan? Does the Trump endorsement help or hurt him at this oh, stage? Oh, it helps him. It, it helps him. It helps him. Look, none of these people. Okay, so there are going to be two votes, okay? There are going to be two votes. Vote number one is um, inside the caucus, and Steve Scalise will win that vote, okay? Uh, he will win that vote. Um, after that happens, you are going to find out that, that um, they're going to walk on the floor, and not one of them is going to want to defy Donald Trump because there are going to be snitches in that room who tell Trump who voted for Scalise in the room, and he'll be okay with them voting for Scalise in the room. They will not be okay with um, 
<laughs> they will not be okay with them voting for Scalise on the floor. And look, Scalise is from the old guard. He's more moderate. He is not, uh, he doesn't quite have the smell of him that they want in the caucus. Now, look, could he still pull it off somehow if they, if they like behind closed doors, blackmail Jordan or whatever? I don't know. Maybe Jordan's got a lot of very ugly and, uh, and shitty things in his past, as we all have heard of. Um, and it's a big documentary coming out of, uh, Hollywood in a few weeks about Jim Jordan. It's not going to be pretty from mm -hmm. what I hear. Um, but look, Jordan is, he is, he's the guy with the, he's got, he's the guy with the bullet right now. He's the guy with the, with the, uh, ability to, to put this together at the moment. And, and you know, nothing, nothing that Trump wants is going to be gainsayed by, by, you know, moderates in the house put that way if you could say there are any moderates in the house because there really are not so in your opinion is he the anointed one is this his jordan's the anointed one right now yeah mm -hmm. for sure who else do you I think mean, has a great chance if not him is it is it uh besides well Scalise, it is, is it stefanic is it is it no, well stefanic Mr. is St stefanic is um she really wants it mm -hmm. because she really thought for a while she was going to be vice president uh, under trump under trump's new ticket and that ain't happening. Um, and so, but I don't think she can put it together. She's not likable. She's just not a, she's not a likable person. And that's just a, that's just a hard, like, re reality to, um, to everybody, really. There, there's no, there's no, like, people aren't comfortable with Elise. People don't like Elise. Mm -hmm. And, and. They get it. Look, she's, you know, if I may, if I may quote the uh, documentary Mean Girls, uh, <laughs> she's the Gretchen Wieners of the house. She's not a nice person. She's, mm -hmm. she's kind of a, kind of a monster mm -hmm. uh, in her behavior to people. And, and they also know that she's living on borrowed time in New York. She may be pushed out of her own district in New York. And so there's a lot of factors why I don't think Elise has got the juice for it. Definitely has the ambition. And God bless her, because Elise comes from, uh, from a, a, you know, uh, from a very ambitious place. And ironically, the other reason she's not going to get the job is the MAGAs know who she worked for. She worked for George H. W. Bush, George W. Bush. Excuse me. I worked for H. W. She worked for W. Um, in the White House, she's a bushy. And until Trump came along, she was a moderate center, um, center right or slightly left of center right Republican. She was like me. She was like Stuart uh, Stevens. She was actually, you know, flirting with the Never Trump movement in mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the fact that she never did it and the fact that she chickened out, it's fine. You know what? I don't mind that. You, you know, not everybody, not everybody can handle this work. They just can't. That's a real, that's some real talk right there. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can handle the work we do. And that's fine. But, you know, none of her, none of her, um, None of her bona fides work with the crazies. Mm -hmm. Okay, none of them. What about um, uh, Nancy Mace? Because she's another one who likes Stefan. She, who, uh, yeah, you know what? She she kind of wants it, but she's also in the past very much flirted with Never Trump, and 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 because of that, um, and look in Trump world, once you are an apostate one time, you can't come back. You don't get to come back. Um, she's had a major shift in her positioning and opinions and support like she's oh for sure uh, and it just looks like is she posture she must be posturing for something because i such think an she's running for u.s senate i think she's mm. running for u.s senate 
I think she's waiting for either Lindsay or Tim Scott to go bye bye, um, and and is going to run for the for run for U.S. Senate. That's my theory of the case, which you know, would not shock anybody. She's again ambitious, ambitious, ambitious. Do you think there's any any chance in hell that Donald Trump gets appointed speaker? No, I think he I think he's he wanted everybody to think it could happen for a couple of days, but it's not going to happen. That's just not a. It's just not. There's no there there. Um. I just don't see. Uh, oh, look, if he wanted it for real, he'd get it. If he really wanted it, they'd have to give it to him. Um, but I don't think they're going to give it to him because he's not really serious about it. Mm-hmm. He may come down there to bless Jim Jordan and whatever, uh, but you know, I just don't see. Uh, I don't see a real. I don't see a real play there. Mm-hmm. And what do you think happens to Matt Gates going forward? Um, Matt show on Newsmax is going to be great for him. Look, Matt, all Matt cares about, and I've known Matt since, God knows, since since the way back, okay? Um, Matt is a very ambitious guy. He grew up in a very political family, um, and, and, and in that political family, they have infinite money uh, and a lot of ambition. So Matt is considering running for governor of Florida. He's also trying to pitch Fox and Newsmax shows for himself. Mm-hmm. And look, there's nothing in the world Matt loves more than attention. Mm-hmm. The most dangerous place in D.C. used to be between Ted Cruz and a camera. And now it's between Matt Gates and a camera. Mm-hmm. And does he face any retribution? Does he get expelled? Oh, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. I mean, honestly, um, and they'll talk a good game about it. And, and you notice now these guys are like, he showed me pictures of him with underage girls. Now they're suddenly about it. You know, oh, you've got a groomer pedophile in your midst, but you don't say nothing until you're pissed at him. Okay, cool story, bro. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he—I don't think he really pays a price for it. Mm-hmm. In our uh, final minute or two here, I want to do something that might be a little fun, given how much of a wordsmith you are. If we can do a little lightning round of the 2024 Republican candidates, give us a word or two that you think sure. best describes them. Let's start with. Uh, your pal down in Florida, Ron DeSantis? Doomed. Chris Christie? Joke. Pence? Mother. <laughs> uh, Rama Slimy? Scammer. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley? Bubble. Interesting. Tim Scott? She's in the bubble. Tim Scott? Girlfriend. <laughs> Tim Scott? <laughs> That poor fucker. I feel bad for Tim Scott. Just, dude, just let it out. You know, and nobody's going to judge you. It's 2023. Right. Just say it. You know what? You don't have to say, like, I've got a Canadian girlfriend. You've never heard of her. She's very beautiful and a supermodel and I'm not on social media. My Canadian girlfriend. Come on, bro. Did you ever see the, the mockumentary Waiting for Guffman? Mm-hmm. You know how Cork, yes. Corky St. Clair, and when he's down south, mm-hmm. first of all, he's the gayest guy ever. All he ever does is talk about this this wife that he has up in New York, right? That, but no one ever right. sees her. Right. He ever brings her to to, to where he's. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Bergam? Who? I mean, look, he's a rich guy with with. He hired a couple consultants and made some, and they made some money, and that's about that. I you thought know. you. I thought you were going to say eyebrows. Yeah, that's where I would have gone. Uh, what about, about what about on the Democratic side, Biden? Look, he's going to be the nominee. He's going to be. He's going to be. You know. Pestered by Phillips and maybe, you know, one or two other idiots. 
Um, but RFK is out of the primary, um, who actually, in a way, RFK now is going to take more votes from MAGA than he will from Biden. As an independent. The anti, an, anti-vax, yeah, as an independent. Mm-hmm. The anti-vaccination stance, the, the crazy conspiracy stuff, um, it, it, you know, Steve Bannon created that monster and it turned around and bit him on the ass. So this is a, I just want to stick on that for a second. This is a really important th- point you're making. For all the libtards out there who are probably going to be enraged on, uh, what is it, October 9th, when apparently Bobby is going to make a, a big announcement, uh, are you saying that his independent candidacy is going to hurt Trump way more than it hurts Biden? Yeah, absolutely. And can you give absolutely. a reason, a quick reason or two why? Yeah, be, because the Republican Party was were the people that were donating to Kennedy. Republican Republican voter profile of anti-vaccination pro-conspiracy theory. That's the Republican voter profile, not the Democratic voter profile. And the, so Kennedy has occupied a new space. He moved into this weird anti-Ukraine, anti-vax, all that stuff. That's where a lot of Trump voters live. Hmm. So Makes sense. Okay, last name. Yep. Uh, Cornell West. Dangerous. Mm, I agree. Rick, always a pleasure. Thank you, Andy. A a delight as always, my friend. All righty. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. This episode of The Back Room was edited and produced by me, Andy Ostroy. It was co-edited and co-produced by Maddie Rosenberg and co-produced by Jen Hamoud. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Hollander, and our logo was designed by Cricket Langell. And special thanks to Patricia Wind. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast, and also follow or subscribe. Until next time, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and have a great week.